Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Command Space podcast on the glorious 5x5 network. My name is Mike Hurley and I'm your host and I have the pleasure today of being joined by Mr. Rich Stevens. R. Stevens, how's, uh, how are you? Pretty good. I actually, I can't tell you how many times I hit Command Space in a day. And that's, you know, they, they named that shortcut after this show. That's Jeez. how that worked. You've got power. Mm-hmm. I, I control the entire Apple keyboard. Now, do you do you command space to open Quicksilver or Spotlight? Alfred. Ooh, that is okay. You are British. Yes, I am. A, I have to have uh, bowler hats all over my computer right. at all times. So, Mister Stevens, what do you like to be known for? What do I like to be known for? Mm-hmm. You know, I have no idea. I, I mean, I've drawn a few billion comic strips. So you may know me for that, but I can't control the fact that some of the t-shirts are more popular than the comics are. We're going to talk about uh, all of that stuff. Yeah, and, and also, you know, honestly, you would think you do a comic strip for 13 years. Everybody who follows you on Twitter realizes you make a comic strip. That is not the case. And it's, it's spe- even if you link to it every single night, a significant amount of people on Twitter will not realize that's what you do. People just tune. I think people just tune some of that stuff out sometimes. Yeah, I'm just happy to keep drawing breath. I mean, that's really all I ask for. <laughs> it's a it's a niche industry, but uh, a popular breathing one. In, until the gills kick in, and I have faith. So your your comic strip lives online um, on the at, internet at Diesel Sweeties, mm-hmm. or Clango.org for those who cannot spell. How is that spelled? C-L-A-N-G-O dot org, like orgasm. Or organism. Or org- yes, yes, that's, but that's longer. So, the name, Diesel Sweeties, where, where does that originate? I don't remember. I was, I, I was working on the concept of a, a robot boyfriend kind of comic strip, and I was just going through words that I liked. And I just liked the feel of it. I liked, you know, Diesel to refer to robots and, and mechanical things and sweeties because it was a romance. And I just kind of, it's as close as I come to poetry, I guess. It's two words that next to each other make a very, a very nice sound. Yeah, and, and it's a bit of an intelligence test because you'd, you'd be surprised how few people can spell Diesel. Interesting. Yeah. You would, no, actually, you know, I'm not surprised anymore. I before E except for C, right? Yep, um, and it's it's been an, it's a test. It's, a, it's an intelligence test. How popular is diesel as a fuel in the United States? Uh, I mean, you can get it at most gas stations or right. petroleoriums, as you guys call them. <laughs> we do Pe- petroleum houses, I think. Pe- petrol sheds. <laughs> uh, it's one of those things where if there's six gas pumps, you'll have one diesel. Generally, okay. So it's, it's see, pretty fifty-fifty. It it's pretty fifty-fifty. Though, you know, where I'm from, we're cool. Um, there's a place that converts old diesels to corn oil. Hmm. So I see a disproportionate amount of diesel stuff here, but it's not running diesel anymore. Do you think it's just because of you? No, it, it's here from, it actually predates my moving here. I, I moved to a magical place full of coincidences, and that's one of them. So you've been, you've been writing Diesel Sweeties for 13 years? I think it was March of 2000 I started figuring it out, and I posted them, I think, in April. I don't, it's been so long, I didn't actually record when, and the Photoshop files don't have the right dates on them anymore. Boo. 
Why did you want to create a webcomic about a robotic boyfriend? I thought it was a good metaphor for people not understanding one another. And I like robots quite a bit. I, I wish it was deeper than that. So I assume that you probably didn't post your first comic, make a million dollars, and quit your job. So what were you doing beforehand and, and whilst you were getting <laughs> Diesel Sweeties off the ground? I was working at the phone company. I was uh, doing tech support pages for the local telco, who then got bought out by the company that uh, Dilbert is about. So as you can, as you can oh. probably guess, I uh, had a plan to get out of there as quickly as possible one way or the other. That's a beautiful metaphor though, right? Yeah, the the, uh, was, the comic strip company that you know <laughs> that the, they're based on bought you, they, so you started to do a comic strip, and they gave me so little to do that I just spent a lot of the time answering my email and and promoting my comics. Luckily, this is well outside the statute of limitations, so I can talk about it. Excellent. They can't do. They can't touch you now. Yeah, it was fun though. I mean, it was weird having a stable job and where you know I could have done my work in about twenty five percent of the time. There was so little useful stuff to do. I just, you know, just showed up. So have you always been a cartoonist, you know, for for a hobby? Yeah, except for a couple of years during college when I just could not do it. Because, I mean, I was in art school for graphic design, and they beat the shit out of us, if I can say that word here. And there, there were, so other than about two years of my life, I've always done something. And, and strangely enough, in middle school... I spent about a year doing a daily, like every night, little comic strip. And I feel like I've never changed. You know, like my, my, my mentality is always like hit the deadline and, and do it every day. And that's so comfortable for me. So Diesel Sweeties is pixel art. The strips mm-hmm. are pixel art. Um, wh- what about this style appeals to you? Or was it like a a happy accident or a joke that is now kind of stuck that you can't break after 13 years? A little of each, actually. Um, I mean, when I sat down to make the comic strip, I was thinking to myself, what can I do? Okay, again, art school ruined me. Like, if you're going to sit down and do something about this concept, what about the art speaks about the concept? Right. And I've, I just wasn't really jazzed by my uh, hand drawings. They didn't they didn't have as much of an identity. And I just started fiddling around with pixels. And believe it or not, I don't know if, how long have you been on the Mac? Um, only since like two, early 2000s. Okay, I mean, I'm talking, this was OS 8, I think, at the time, or 9. And I started looking at the, there was a users and groups control panel with little faces in it. They were totally little pixel faces. And I just screenshotted those, blew them up, and then just kind of, st- like, clicked I just started drawing pixel people, and it just kept going from there. I thought it was, you know, and it just felt like a nice fit. It felt like it it spoke to what I was trying to do, and just never looked back. So, yeah, because the you know robots and computers. Yeah, it's, it's everything. I mean, I'm not super deep person, but I try to make sure every I can justify every decision. Right. You know. I think I've found an image of the users and groups panel, which I'll put in the show Yeah, notes. it's super cute. It's just these little faces. Yeah, like two little heads, right? Mm-hmm. So they will be in the show notes, which will be at 5by5.tv. Yeah, I just, I've always loved them. I don't know why. They're cool. They look cool. I like it. So how often do you publish to, uh, to Diesel Sweeties? Five days a week. So there's a new comic five days a week. 
Yeah, I you know I've spent the past three years trying to talk myself into just going and doing three so I could do other things, and I just can't I can't break it. I can't break this habit. So has that been five days a week for thirteen years? I started the five days a week a couple of years in, but it's been about ten years. So that's an awful lot of comics. Yeah. Oh God, that's not even counting the uh, year and a half. I I also did a seven day a week syndicated version. Where was that for? Oh, basically the same syndicate that Dilbert was on and, <laughs> and all of them. But oh, it was the worst mistake I ever made. How so? It was a dying industry. I right. mean, I I got in there because they needed somebody in a pinch for a uh, sales meeting. They just needed material. They need, needed new things to sell. So they, you know, without any consideration as to what old people who buy newspapers want, I wound up saying yes. And was doing about 12 comics a week for about a year and a half. Wow. But, but the web is your home. That's exactly how it felt. I was just like not making any traction. I met a lot of neat people through the newspapers. Like there's smart people out there, but none of them are the ones who write the cranky emails to the, to the editor. Right. And yeah, I just was like after, after a certain point, I, there was a part in the contract where I could leave. And I just said, hi, guys, I got to go. And the internet was there. And I mean, I'm lucky I didn't... Um, I, I didn't trust the syndicate, so I kept doing my web strip as a separate strip, just because right. I was like, "This I trust." This, I mean, this mm-hmm. one thing that most people think is crazy and and cowboy land was the trustworthy part for me. Well, you you got to keep got to keep at it, right? You got to keep plugging away every week. Yeah, well, I didn't want to let down the people who had been following me for years just to try some bullshit that ultimately I'm glad I didn't trust in. So, How's that for self-fulfilling? <laughs> how much um, time uh, goes and effort goes into each strip? Like, how long does it take you to create one strip? Uh, it depends. It's super variable. Um, as a bare minimum, I give myself a couple hours every night, and that's all the you know two to three hours. Though that's the only thing I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I've had some that just come to me. You know, I'll be like doing the dishes and. The whole thing just clicks, and then I can just go knock it out really fast. But and I've had things that take you know a day and a half to draw. Do you work on one at a time, or do you have like multiple strips going? I generally do one at a time, but I have lots of notes, little scribbles and sure. and stuff here and there. So you said like you you can be doing the dishes, and it just an idea pops into your head. Yeah, where, it's one of those. It's kind of a meditative thing. So where did it come from? Do you observe things in your life a lot and you think, oh, that would be a funny strip? Or is it just like, just in a flash and it's there? It, it second, yeah, it's a flash. I mean, I, I feel that every character, if you're writing your own comic strip by yourself without editorial uh, input, you're basically writing a diary. Mm-hmm. So I feel like no matter what I do, it's coming from life. But it's not. it's not generally like, oh, I saw this guy today and... I drew him. It's more like this is on my mind today, and then this fully formed conversation just happened. Does it ever feel like? Um, do you ever feel pressured or, or like stressed that you you do it that way? Like something's not coming. Ideally, you should. Like, and you should feel that way, and then you should say, "Screw you, you lazy bastard! Do it." Right. Don't be a baby. Because you Again, assume that like by art school. Like some people probably have like a calendar, right? They plan out six months of strips or have somebody that does that for them. Yeah, and for a different kind of comic strip, that's probably the best way to work. 
But, I mean, I'm kind of drawing peanuts, but with dick jokes, you know, and, and it's more, but it's more of a personal, I hate to use this term, but it really is kind of a personal meditation. It's almost like a, let your subconscious pop up, tell a few jokes, and then go away. It's, um, but, I mean, if I were writing a, a long-term story, of, I would definitely want to plan it. So, are you using Photoshop? Yep, Photoshop with a very, very specific grid. That you've cre- you've created this yourself, the grid. Well, I counted to three, and I said three pixel grid, and yes, so <laughs> very complicated. No, it's weird. I do the I I draw on a three, but I letter on a one or two, depending on the font, so that I can get more lettering into sure. a lower resolution drawing. So you're drawing every pixel by hand, including yeah. the. I mean, I do allow myself the paint bucket and you know some cut and paste, but yeah. What about um? What 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 are you using to draw? Are you using like a tablet, like a pen and tablet? Uh, everything but a regular tablet. Uh, I use mostly the mouse, uh, a little bit with a trackpad, a lot of keyboard, a lot of number pad, and uh, Cintiq for the more complicated stuff. Is that normal? It's like the normal way to do this sort of stuff. Like I had envisioned that. Um, I had just envisioned you'd be using like a Wacom tablet all the time. No, I, it's completely not. I, p- people look at me working and they think I'm, I'm, I'm they, they think I need an ambulance. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm one of the only people I know. I mean, I bought a Cintiq when I was doing the two comics at once, and I'm naturally left-handed, but in school, everything was set up for a right-handed mouse. So yeah. my, my right hand is a crippled mess when I don't pay attention to it. I'm exactly the same. Left-handed, left-handed writer. I, I do practically everything else with my right hand. So yeah. mouse is on the right-hand side, trackpad on the right-hand side. Yep. But I, I, I got the Cintiq during the really busy time so that I could use my left and take some pressure off the right. So is that you like literally doing two comics at once? Left yeah. eye looking at one, right eye looking at the other. If only. I wish that would that would have worked. <laughs> that would have been faster. I would have done less damage to my body probably. That <laughs> but it. it I find that it's good for certain tasks, but for the majority of pixel art, at least for me, the mouse is the most accurate. And the keyboard for counting, like when you select something, then you want to move it a certain number. I still tap, tap, tap on the arrows. My keyboards are are curved. Like I buy the metal Apple keyboard, right? but over time it turns into one of those curved Microsoft ones. <laughs> you warp it. I do, from the sheer force of hitting about the same 10 keys. <laughs> It, 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 just bends, it just like bends in the middle. Like it yeah, just bows. I, I grind down the edge with a Dremel because otherwise I'll, get a, I'll, I'll bruise my hand, <laughs> you know, and get it all rough on that sharp metal. Yeah. And then, yeah, I've got them. I could, they're disgusting. I could take a picture of them. <laughs> <I've been, laughs> I rotate through about three or four of them, and they're just like, Rrr. And uh, so how long ago did Diesel Sweeties become your job? 2002. So, um, so a long time. Yeah, it took about two years. And, That's incredible. Well, there was no one selling anything at the time. Right. I mean, there was no thread list. There was nothing. Yeah, because we're going to get onto the selling stuff in a bit. Because you, you, yeah, you and, and none of my friends, things. no other cartoonists, you know, they're all like, oh, I don't like to sell things. I'm like, I love stuff. I love buying weird stuff. I like making weird stuff. And it, it just was a natural fit for me. That's awesome. I've managed to, to stay employed quite a long time based on having a smaller audience than most people and having really bad luck with advertising. That seems like a really strange way to stay employed. Small small audience and no advertising. That's definitely not a standard way of doing things. Well, it, but what's weird is um, 
I like making products so much that they get carried further than the comics do. Sure. It's a very odd thing that you have to kind of check yourself at the door there. You check your ego a bit and be like, dude, it's okay if they're not, you know, engaging with your art. If they just think that that funny t-shirt is funny, that's okay. You're still a good person. I want to pay some bills, talk about some cool people, yeah. and uh, then we'll talk about the making making stuff. I don't want to bills go too far awesome. into that. Bills are great. And, and bills are wonderful. And it's even better when somebody can help you pay them. And those mm. fine people are, of course, the folks over at Squarespace. This episode brought to you by Squarespace. They are the all-in-one platform that makes it really easy to create your own website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com. Use the offer code TALLYHO8. Squarespace are doing great work to keep their platform up to date and continue adding new features, new designs, and strengthening the support that they have so they can really help you with everything that you need to create your own space online. They have stunning designs that you can start with, tons of style options for you to adjust so you can really craft a website in your space to look exactly as you want. They take care of hosting, SEO, and all of the nasty stuff that makes it difficult to put your work on the internet. If you have any trepidation about setting up a site, you, you're worried about what if my site gets really popular and it gets taken down by my millions of visits, well, Squarespace will take care of that. And if you need any help when trying to do these things, they have a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week support team. We're, in a minute, me and Rich are going to talk about the awesome stuff that he sells on his website. But if you want to sell stuff on your website, they have Squarespace Commerce. So let's say that you set, you set up your own and have your own fantastic webcomic that you host on Squarespace. You can sell things through Squarespace's commerce store. You can integrate a site into your a store into your site, a shop, and in just minutes they take care of all the payments, all of the inventory, everything. And that's really cool. It's a really interesting and, and mm. funky feature of Squarespace. That is actually, I've been looking into their, their shopping stuff. It's, it's quite beautiful. Thank you, sir. Thank you for yeah. saying that. So I want you to go and try Squarespace for free. No credit card required to do that. You can sign up for a free trial by going to squarespace.com. If you decide to purchase, it starts. their plans start at just $8 a month and include a free domain name if you sign up for one year or more. And you will get 10% off and help support this show and all of 5x5 if you use the offer code TALLYHO8. That's T-A-L-L-Y-H-O-8. So go check out Squarespace, everything that you need to create an exceptional website. Can, can, I, can I make an observation about Squarespace? Of course. I love the fact that when you go to look at the demo, they have a whole thing set up for restaurants. Yeah, they're, they're really pushing that, and it's I, amazing that they are. I, hate restaurant websites yeah they're so trying much. to save the whole of the internet with this i know like their first paragraph they're like no flashes no pdf i'm like thank you i wish you were there 15 years ago they're they've actually i'm gonna put it in the in the show notes they've put a blog post up recently called squarespace for restaurants and they've created a bunch of templates that are specific for restaurants which have like full oh, bleed cool. imagery and and uh, yeah yeah, it's really cool. I love it. Because my, my favorite place to eat around here, they either have a, a music video when you go look at it, or you have to go log into Facebook and see what the specials are. Yeah. And, so and if there's Squarespace two, effects in it. Yeah. I hate Flash. Anyway. <laughs> so you have never made any Flash comics? Hate it. <laughs> I hate it. I won't even, like, people send me a YouTube link. I still won't click YouTube links. I'm like, I'm working. No. I still resent Flash so much. So I can tell from our discussion that you're really, really excited about the store that lives on Diesel Sweeties. Yeah, I love stores. I want to make another one. 
So tell me about it. Tell me about the store on Diesel Sweeties. What about it? Like what? What Platform do you sell? Or... What do you sell? I started out with T-shirts. Uh, there used to be very little competition in T-shirts, and I wear stupid T-shirts all the time, so kind of a natural fit. Um, but in the past couple of years, I've, I've gotten into making pixelated socks because I found mm-hmm. people I could work with to make socks. Um, I make coffee mugs nowadays, which were a complete surprise. I did not have this time last year, and they're probably 70% of what I do right now. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're very rude coffee cups. Yeah, they're great. Um, it's just kind of whatever I can come up with, you know, whatever stuff that either comes out of the comic or comes out of interests that I know I share with my readers, if that makes sense. Yeah. So have you, have you sold anything else? Like it looks like you do like books and stickers and and tires as well, which are pretty awesome. Oh yeah. I found a wonderful, um, the cyber optics tie lab is this lady in Detroit who silk screens ties. She's so badass. It's not even funny. And we, we did a few ties. I actually should do more. Thank you. I'm going to write a note. Make more ties. They're very classy. <laughs> That's the top of the to-do list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the comics, where, where do the ideas for your, your merchand- the merchandise ideas, where do they come from? Classically, it would be a matter of writing something and then getting a bunch of email. Make this into a T-shirt. Um, and then sometimes I just make stuff that I just want to wear. You know, like, I have a t-shirt that says, I was a Mac user when Apple was doomed. And I did it, I said it in the old Apple uh, serif font from the 90s. And, I mean, that's not a comic strip, but I know that my audience is full of Mac users. And that was, you know, I was like, I want it, I'm making it, people bought it. It's it's really, it's about knowing what other people who follow you like. And surprisingly, they will follow your taste in general. If you you know are honest, so do you find that a lot of people find the store and buy stuff from the store having never found the comic? It happens a lot, actually. I hate to say this, but I do in my darker moments wonder if I would sell more stuff if it wasn't the subdomain of a comic strip. <laughs> it's like right. people. It's like one hundred percent of people on Earth like to buy things or do buy things, and and what subset of those read read a comic strip? Now, I mean, I don't know if that's unfair. And I certainly couldn't do it without a comic strip. And, and I love, you know, I mean, that's what I do because that's what I love. But it's, it's, people love buying things if you can amuse them, if that makes any sense. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, I'm just lucky. I mean, I've, I've been crazy about weird stuff since I was a kid. I was making T-shirts in high school and, like, convincing a dozen friends to buy them so we could print them. It's just how, I've, how I'm wired really just to make cool things yeah actually i use the same t-shirt printer that i used in high school too <laughs> that's amazing yeah kurt he's a good dude he's the the brother of the guy whose comic shop i went to in middle school and he just had flyers at the comic shop and i started printing with them in high school and then when when um i don't know if you've ever read exploding dog but it's another it's kind of a web comic but it's really more of an art site right and he was this is gonna sound old he was huge because of Slashdot. Wow. Back in the day. I know, this was like 1999, 2000. Did he get Slashdotted? I submitted him to Slashdot, and he became a Slashdot link, and he just went through the roof. And um, I was like, dude, you need to make t-shirts, you know? And he's like, I don't want to do it. I go, I will do your t-shirts. Let me call Kurt. And we did it. 
and and because and because of that, I started doing comics. I was like, "Holy crap! Look what's possible! I can do this too!" You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh man! And I totally I followed him. I started a little group between the two of us, which grew into message boards and lots of people I do conventions with, and it's amazing. I mean, I've known I've just I've known this guy since college, and we we're both still doing this as our job because of good old Slashdot. So. You manage the inventory and the packing and the shipping yourself, right? Nowadays, yes. Why do you I, do it that way? Um, it's fun. I, uh, if left to my own devices without enough to do, I just go dick around and spend money or uh, go waste time. So it, it's helpful for me to have to do real work. It's a good time to think. I get a lot of my thinking done while in the office doing that kind of a thing. Um, also, you know, uh, we kind of got hit with a recession yeah. <laughs> a few years ago, yeah. and there was a few years like it was this perfect storm of terror for me, where I was uh, I was quitting syndication, so I hadn't been paying much attention to my store. I had people helping me, and I had all kinds of inventory building up and multiple offices and just terrible money management. Quit that, and then a month later, the entire economy collapsed. So, kind of gravitated towards DIY. Keep it, you know. Keep things together, mentality. Yeah, but so, I'm hoping to get a little more help in the near future. So, do you just keep all of your stock locally, and then? Yeah, like, I have a, your office. I have an office uh, down the street. I used to actually live in the same building as my office. I had a two two stairwell commute, but uh, we got a house uh, about a mile away. So yeah, I, I go into a separate office where all the stuff is, and. I tend to do only the office work there and more of the writing at home, but sometimes I just go to the office and be alone and do my, you know, do comics there too. So you're like packing boxes, putting packaging like things in boxes and yeah. putting folding t shirts in there. Yeah. And... It's also a really convenient place to uh, store arcade games. So that, that helps too. <laughs> arcade game storage and inventory management. Yeah, I kind of uh, got into that with a friend a few years ago. We kind of had a problem. <laughs> there was one point where we had about 70 arcade games wow. in various conditions. Like, would you have them out to play, or are they just in there, just in the office? The ones I have now are in the office, in the room I work with, and about 80% of them work. So right. yeah, you can, you can come play Donkey Kong 3 if you'd like, or Pac-Man Jr. The classics. Oh, God, yeah, I love that. You know, here's a little uh, op-ed piece from me. Junior Pac-Man is the best Pac-Man. Ms. Pac-Man is second best, but Junior Pac-Man is the best, and it's totally illegal. Why? It's, uh, well, it was a hack made by the American distributor that did not have Namco's approval, oh. and they, just, they made it to sell more Pac-Man machines because I think they might have been waiting for Super Pac-Man to come out or something. And it's just phenomenal because the maze is bigger than the screen. And it's it's like this 2 megahertz game that scrolls, like the whole screen scrolls. And I know this is heresy, but I think it's my favorite. I've never played this version. Well, it was such a, it came out with such bad timing, like during the arcade crash in like 83, I think. And it was basically a bootleg. I mean, it was an official boot. It was weird. It's a, it's a strange, it was not made with, asking permission from Pac-Man himself. And, and no one's played it. It has been ported to almost no uh, home systems. 
And I, we just found the board in a warehouse, and I stuck it in my Pac-Man machine, and I haven't taken it out in three years. Had you played it before you found the board? No, we just found it in some junk wow. and tried it and tried it. Just um, my friend Melissa picked it out of a pile of trash, and she was like, "Here, put this in." And I just, I, I, I've never looked back. I'm like speechless just thinking about it. It's like, what is this magic? Yeah, it's like Pac-Man, but bigger. It's beautiful, and there's a love story in there too. It's this forbidden love between Pac-Man's son and uh, the son, the daughter of one of the ghosts. Wow. And how it's like a Romeo and Juliet thing. How you know Pac-Man tries to to kill the the uh, the parents of of his son's lover. Oh, it's just beautiful. Man, that is really involved for Pac-Man. Yeah, it's it's deep. It's dark. It's kind of superfluous to have a story like that. But sure, go well, for it. Oh, it's dark, man. It's like The Sopranos, like twenty years early. <laughs> so when uh, when I was just before that we started recording, I said the sorts of things that we'd talk about today, and you said you had some weird stories about packing boxes. Like, well, it's just it's weird how it's weird the people you will meet by doing orders. If that makes any sense, um, like apparently, like, here's a little shout out. Uh, I use a, a postage application called Indicia for the Macintosh, which is not to be confused with Indicia for Windows, which is garbage. Well, the, the service is good, but the, the app is terrible. I found out like five years ago while contacting support, doing international labels for my package, that the software I've been using to run all my postage for like a decade is made by a guy who's been following my comic via the mailing list for about 13 years. <laughs> That's a tiny world right there. It, it, I was like, okay. And, and, it's the weirdest, like the stuff you'll find is so weird, you know, just like one day I wanted to make socks. I just go to Twitter. Anybody make socks? And then I get, you know, like, yeah, actually, yeah, my friend does. Two weeks later, I'm making socks. <laughs> 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 you know, like sometimes you're, you're just sitting there um, and you're looking at all the orders as they come in and you're just like, oh, that's a massive libertarian think tank buying my coffee cups. I'm going to just send that in there without a thank you note because they scare me. You know, like, I'm coming just, to get you. It's just running the store is fun. Um, there's only a, only a couple of rude weirdos out there. That's a pretty and, good ratio. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. I don't have problems with people on the internet. Everybody else is like, oh, I get trolled so much. Oh, I can't handle being in public. I'm like, people just don't bother me. I guess maybe I'm a sociopath. I don't know. Or I'm terrifying. Yeah, maybe maybe what most people think is is being bothered, like controlled, you, you just think is normal. Yeah, I'm I'm used to arguing. Again, I went to design school. Why is that uh why is your why is your typeface ten uh, percent bluer than the other part of the background? You know, well, uh I was looking at the refract you know, the refraction rate of this type of glass and blah blah blah. Oh, okay, here, I'll give you a good grade. Because you could, you know, bullshit it. <laughs> So, I talk too much. No, well, this is what I obviously want you to talk. That's why you're That's here. That's true. It's easier for you. Exactly. I don't need to say anything. I can just smile and nod. I'm drinking tea right now, by the way. Good. I hope it's like English breakfast tea or something. It's PG tips. Really? Yep. Congratulations. You're drinking real British tea. I have a, I have a British friend who I consider my British brother who turned me on to it about 10 years ago. He, I don't know if you've ever read a comic called Scary Go Round or Bad Machinery. 
No. Um, his name is John Allison. He's probably my favorite cartoonist. And we have, he's been in this business as long as I have. And I, I never get bored of that man's work. So, so. congratulations on the correct type of tea. Mm. I know, I love it. You do, you do, you're doing... You're I didn't doing put any milk work. in it, though, so I'm, I'm, you're never going to break me there. That's okay. That's okay, I guess. So, conventions are a part of the comic industry. Um, yeah, do you fortunately and unfortunately. Do you go to them? I used to go to a ton. I go to a few these days. Uh, part, the, part of the downside of, of shipping all my own stuff these days is that it's really hard to go away for a week. You know, just like blow out of town and, and oops, I'm not mailing anything for six days. Right. Yeah. But, catch yeah I've, up. I've run conventions. I've done huge ones. I've done tiny ones. You name it. Do you, en- uh, do you enjoy being at conventions? I enjoy the challenge of the big ones. I enjoy actually having time to talk to people at the small ones. Right. But I've, you know, this is going to sound terrible, uh, but I've found that I really, really, I mean, I like comic shows, but I adore technology conferences. And I don't know if it's just because everybody's different than I am or, or what, but like, I don't know if you went to XOXO last year. No, but I'm going this year. Oh, cool. I, I should get a plane ticket for that. Um, I think that kind of environment is my favorite convention environment these days. Yeah. Compared to, you know, don't get me wrong, San Diego Comic Con is fun, but it's also, you know, like a death march in a way. <laughs> yeah, it seems like the more I hear about like traditional creators and independent creators seem to not be very happy with the way especially that convention is going. Well, I think it's kind of like um, you have to set your expectations differently. You know, my friends who go to San Diego Comic-Con and think that they're going to have a fulfilling artistic experience while manning their own booth and eating well, well, they're just setting themselves up, you know, for, for disappointment. I go out there with weird stuff. And as, as a side effect, I get to talk to really cool people. But, you know, I'm not lying to myself. I'm not going out there to sell paintings. I'm going out there to sell socks. <laughs> you're, not, you're not taking accurate replicas of the Mona Lisa with you. They're yeah, like socks I, I, with um, skulls on them, right? I'm not, I'm not going to Comic-Con for its artistic merits. I'm going to Comic-Con because I can get rid of socks and I can see people I work with that I would only see once a year. And I have a really good track record of bumping into Star Trek actors. So that's, you know. That's a special skill. You could put that on your resume. I've managed about three separate encounters. Hmm. One, one including show tunes. I almost want to leave it there. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't even I, want can. to ask. We can if you I want. Pref- I actually prefer to leave that just as okay. it is. Cause... If you want for the show notes, I can give you a, a YouTube video I shot of, of Commander Riker doing show tunes. Yes, I would like that. I, I honestly have never been so turned on by another man. <laughs> I think people need to see this video. I'm going to take another quick break. Yeah. And we've got some other cool stuff that I want to talk to you about when uh, we get back from said break. This episode is also brought to you, as well as the folks over at Squarespace, is also brought to you by the beautiful people over at Shutterstock.com, where you'll find over 20 million stock photos, vectors, illustrations, and video clips. You can start searching at Shutterstock.com to find the perfect image for your website ad publication 
or any other creative project. Shutterstock gives you a global image collection to find images from across the world to suit your project. Choose between image packs and monthly subscription packages. Whatever fits your need, you never have to compromise. If you just need one image for your blog or mock-up, they give you that too. Every time you visit Shutterstock, you will find something new since they add 10,000 new images every single day. And it's more affordable than you think, with no extra charge for large files. You can download your images in any size, you just pay one price. They don't nickel and dime you for high-resolution images. If you need them, just take them. You can easily curate and share pictures via lightboxes. So you can choose your favorite pictures or videos and add them to your own lightbox gallery as you search around. And you can also use their iPad app to do this as well. They have something called Enhanced License Access over at Shutterstock. If you like an image and want to run it in print, maybe on swag for a convention that you're going to, they can get you an enhanced license for absolutely any image that they have. They also have, as well as pictures and images, vectors, icons, infographic templates, and video clips. If you need any of those, they've got them all there too. Whilst you're searching around, find the images that you need. If you need any help at Shutterstock.com, you can get an account rep dedicated to you who will answer any questions. And they also have 24-hour support during the week. Sign up for a free browse account now at Shutterstock.com. No credit card needed. When you find the images you'd like and decide to purchase, use the offer code CMD8. So letter CMD8 and you'll get 30%. 30 whole percent. (laughs) Of any package. Thank you now, very much. Ha- Sorry. Please. Have they announced, um, I mean, I heard a rumor, are they, they're going to license odors too? Yes. And scents? Everything. Digital scents? Mm-hmm. Holy cow. That's how they work. Wow. So for like pennies a day, I can get digitally remastered bacon scent. That would be beautiful. Coming out of the speakers of my laptop. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how much work you would get done with that? Oh, my God. It would change the face of everything. It would change, yeah. Man, it would, I'd get into a lot of fights if people's computers could emit odors. Why so? Sorry. Why I'm so, just thinking. Why fights? Um, I'm, I don't react really well to secondhand smoke, and I'm wondering just how badly I would react to, like, bubblegum smell coming out of somebody's laptop or something. So we mentioned XOXO. Oh, right, yeah. I'm sorry. I went to Shutterstock and searched for bacon, and I got distracted. (laughs) (laughs) Who wouldn't? I'm not joking. They have a lot of bacon. So, uh, XOXO, last year, Mm -hmm. um, you did a great talk. Thanks. It was terrifying. I've I've seen the video, and and I enjoyed it very, very much. I haven't seen the video. (laughs) The video's very good. I've seen it. I'm afraid. So, do not worry. Um, And in the video, you, you, you spoke a lot about a Kickstarter campaign that you put together. Um, so what what was the campaign? Um, I started a really small campaign. I, I just wanted to convert my first three thousand comics into a three thousand page ebook, and it just the whole thing just went crazy and out of control. Which you know, kind of my favorite thing. So I'm still working on parts of it. How, how long ago did the uh, did the backing finish? Uh, a little over a year. Right. Um, I basically blew my wrist out doing the books and I've had to take a little break and then other deadlines keep kicking in and I still have extra bonus books to work on you name it but man I got I got a couple thousand hard drives out the door or thumb drives that was fun so the 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 project was to take diesel sweeties Mm -hmm. and turn a selection of the comics into a ebook right I converted the entire archive to that point 
uh, to burst into spreadsheets so that I would have a full uh, prop, character, topic, dialogue search available. And then converted each of the pages into iPad-friendly formatting. And then brought the entire thing into iBooks Author with the text. And then managed to, to get an iBooks version and PDF versions out of it. So it took a couple of days, right? A couple of... It took a couple of wrist replacements is what it took. I can imagine. Wow. Because iBooks does not have bulk importing of any sort. Oh, man. That must have one been. One at a time. <laughs> but you very successful. You, you, you raised 60000 yeah. against the goal of 3000 So Yeah, people. And, and you know what? It came out really well. I learned a lot about, about using iBooks and a lot about ebook publishing in general. And, and I think they came out beautifully. I mean... Yeah, for what they are. And you had the little uh, the, the, the robot thumb drives as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, those are cool. They look very them. cool. But it was weird, like all the quirks of, of publishing for Retina, you know, trying to keep low-resolution stuff sh- sharp on a Retina display is its own whole thing. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I can't even. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I just, I, I kind of feel bad for you now. <laughs> Whatever, I did it to myself. It was fun, though. So what do you think about Kickstarter as like a a medium for like creative people to support themselves in their craft? I wasn't sure about it at first, and I'll be the first one to to admit it. Um, But it seems to be doing beautiful things for people. It it seems to really empower people. I love it. Do you you back a lot of stuff? What's that? Do you back a lot of stuff yourself? I've probably backed about a dozen things. I'd have to look. Um, I wish I could do more. I'm, I, I look at. I want to do everybody's project, and I, I have to be pretty uh, tough on myself. Yeah, it's easy to get sucked in to be like, it it's is. free money. Yeah, it's hey, here's money, and I didn't actually uh, lose it today. <laughs> yeah, I'll, <laughs> you know, I'll pay this, it later. And, and some of the stuff, you know, two years later, you still don't have it. But what are you going to do? That's part of the fun. Yeah, this you know, you you get that going in there. You, you know, I don't know if it. Was a, was it a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo? Did you see? I think it was called Tag or something. It was like these little Bluetooth uh, tags you put on your keys that you can find with an iPhone. Yeah, I, I'm gonna. Yeah, I, I did see those. I haven't backed them. It's, that's one of those things where I look at it and I'm like, I want to see if that works first. I went in for one. I figure eighteen bucks is worth it because uh, we have a we have a key loser in the house here, not me. Is it stick and yeah. stick and find? Is that it? No, they're stickers. Uh, was, That's not it. That's something else. I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm going to find them. It might have been a Kickstarter then. Um, they were like was little keyringy type things. Tile. Tile. The tileapp.com. Didn't they do it themselves? Yeah, they they they're doing it themselves. Mm-hmm. 2.6 million dollars. That's beautiful. I, and the thing is, I look at stuff like that, and I'm like, "Oh man, product! That's such a neat product. I want to make products." Yeah, it does make me want to want to make stuff. Like I've watched the the video that the Studio Neat guys did, and and I've I've met them since. And uh, yeah, those guys know how to make stuff. Making stuff is neat. It is so neat. I need a three D printer. Can I have one? Oh, I I really want a three D printer. I know. I like look at them, and I'm like, I could just make anything that I want. I know. I can't I wait until they're in people's homes because I believe that they will be. They will be. I believe uh, I, 
some patents are expiring next year, and I think we're going to see we're going to see stuff really come down in price. So, aside from from plugging away diesel sweeties every day, um, are you working on anything else at the moment? You got any cool projects? I believe that you just released a, a book, right? I've got a book that is uh, coming out in a few weeks. So, which is a a hard. It's going to be a hardcover and a softcover um, of music-related comics from my strip called I'm a Rocker, I Rock Out. And I'm working with Oni Press on that. Love Oni Press. Uh, Oni Press are the publishers of Scott Pilgrim, which is my favorite yep. comic book ever made. Really? Yeah. Oh, man, I have a Scott Pilgrim story for you then. But, um, and, and I have a second book that we're doing, too, about bacon and coffee. So that's what I'm taking a break from right now to talk to you. I appreciate that because those are two very important topics. They, you know, they they obsess me. Obviously, looking at my archives, looking at the spreadsheet from the Kickstarter, seeing what the comics were actually about, I was like, okay, I guess I drink a lot of coffee. And everybody eats a lot of bacon, even vegetarians. They 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 are allowed because it is an abstract meat, much like the noble hot dog. Nobody really knows where it comes from. But uh, I'm in a Scott Pilgrim book. Really? I'm in one panel. I'm trying to remember which. I think maybe number three. Okay. Um, in a background towards the end in my skull shirt, which is why it was in the movie. Yeah, I remember the, I remember the shirt being in the movie. Yeah. I will, I will have to – I have the book, obviously. I have it over there, and I will go look for that. I have and, the color version now too, so I can see. Oh, the color, color versions are beautiful. Mm-hmm. I was over at Oni looking at them, re- like uh, last year, just looking at some of the stuff they've been doing for those. And, and it's the rare black and white thing that is better in color, I think. Yeah, I was, I was, um, I, I wasn't sure how I would like the Scott Pilgrim books in color because obviously, black and white was how they always were to me. But um, though, though, luckily, you can always have the black and white if you want, which I do. And uh, I think the color came out really, really well. Oh, the paper stock is so mm-hmm. beautiful. And I've got the special edition ones as well. Yes, I have some of those stickers. They're so cute. Because they're awesome. If you have not read Scott Pilgrim, you should read Scott Pilgrim. If you have any interest in comics at all, or just good stories, because it's an incredible story. It's, and, and the thing is, it's a beautiful love letter to Toronto. It is, yes. It's weird. Like I read that book... For, for the city and the and the background characters almost more than I do for the real plot, just because there's so much charm. You know, it's just soaking in charm. So, Mr. Stevens. Yes. Where can people find you on the internet if they are would like to do Are we done already? So? We are done already. Holy cannoli. Believe that. You can find me, um, clango.org is the easiest way to find my website, <laughs> C-L-A-N-G-O.org. Um, I'm on Twitter as R Stevens, R S T E V E N S, and I have a, a Tumblr called Joe Biden Fan Club. dot com because uh, I, I like Joe. I can't help myself. Why would? Yeah, I mean, why? Who doesn't? I mean, look, dude. My, I was in. Now, I'm sorry. I know we're over, but that's okay. Carry on. I have a cosmic connection to Joe Biden. Okay. So I fell in love with him because of his trains and his just everything. He's just Joe, you know, like this is years ago. And then two years after I got that domain, I met the person I married. And she had Joe Biden's wife as an English teacher in high school. Wow. That's... So I've got, the, I've got like two degrees of Biden here. 
<laughs> Two degrees of bun. That is an incredible. Is, it's not that big of a deal because there's only like six people in Delaware, but still. So, sir, thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, and uh, I have to have you back again one day. Yeah, I got. I have so many dumb stories about Star Trek I can tell you. Excellent. So, uh, thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Command Space. There's going to be another episode of the show this week, which is a special thing. For oh, I heard about that. So, I'm going to be having Jim Kudal on the show. And that's and that episode's probably going to be out on Friday or over the weekend. So, of the deck and field notes and all that cool stuff. So, I'm really like, jealous. That, I'm, that sounds like a really cool interview. Uh, not as cool as this one. No one can beat this one. So uh, look out for that. You can find me online if you'd like. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, on all of the social networks that you care to mention. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of Command Space. If you want to find the links to anything we discussed today, go to 5x5.tv slash C-M-D-S-P-A-C-E slash 56. And I'll be back with you again in a couple of days. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.